the Kansas City Royals fire Dayton Moore, they fire Cal Eldridge, and they fire Mike Matheny to kick off their offseason. What comes next for this Royals organization, and where do things stand heading into this offseason? Will there be massive improvements to this roster? Who will they hire as manager, and will they even replace Dayton Moore? Or just let J.J. Picolia do it all. We'll talk about all that coming up on today's Locked On Royals podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. You are Locked On Royals, your daily Kansas City Royals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Locked On Royals podcast, on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Rylan Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. Follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Royals and email the show, LockedOnRoyals at gmail.com. On today's show, brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you cover this season with more odds, lines, and prop bets than ever before. Bet Online is where the game starts. You can bet on the World Series, you can bet on the NFL, the NBA, the NHL. You can even bet on college football and college basketball starting up in a couple of weeks. Uh, you can bet on preseason like odds, like who you think will win the national title. You can also bet on individual games and all that fun stuff uh, by going over there to betonline.net. We're back on Lockdown Royals five days a week through the winter meetings and then after the winter meetings three days a week and then five days a week right back whenever uh, the team reports to surprise Arizona for training camp. So very exciting time. Now, the way that we've mapped out this comeback is, you know, today we're going to kind of refresh the news of Cal Eldridge being fired, of Dayton Moore being fired, of, um, you know, Mike Matheny being fired, and then kind of shifting the conversation into who are some good candidates to replace these individuals, and then where the Royals organization stands as a whole right now, recapping this season was it a successful season was it an unsuccessful season uh and then i also want to talk about baseball at large i want to talk about kind of what these playoff teams have had in common that made them so successful to allow them to get to the playoffs allow them to, to go on deep runs in the playoffs and what the royals need to add to be able to do that and also uh the rule changes i think that the rule changes next year can truly save baseball and i think it does need saving so we'll talk about that all coming up throughout this next week on Lockdown Royals. So make sure you subscribe right now on YouTube or any other podcasting platform that you use. Thank you so much. If you start making us your first listen every single morning, because every single day we're going to be here for you talking Royals baseball. Now, I I want to start with the Dayton Moore part of it. They fired Dayton Moore and that to me was an interesting kind of concept because I didn't think that the Royals would have that in them to fire Dayton Moore, a guy that, that did bring you two World Series appearances, one World Series win, uh, but not much else from that. Um, really nothing else besides that. Uh, he's a good guy, good good human being. That's all fine and well. Terrible baseball executive. Let's just put it frankly. He was a terrible baseball executive. I think that if you went and ranked every baseball executive and every baseball manager to win a World Series together, 
that duo of Ned Yost and Dayton Moore, by far the worst to ever win a World Series together. It involved a lot of luck. It involved a lot of fluky things that didn't repeat itself in 16 or 17 or didn't you know, form itself in 13 or any year before that. So in general, this was a great call for the Royals to make to fire Dayton Moore. And if they elect to keep J.J. Piccolia as like the only voice that's leading this thing organizationally, I do want to give him the opportunity to declare himself. Because I think that, that that Mr. Sherman just showed you he is capable of making the cutthroat move. And I think that keeping around J.J. kind of shows a peek behind the curtain of maybe J.J. thinks of things differently than Dayton Moore did, but Dayton Moore was always his superior, so you're just kind of stuck sitting on your hands. We've all been there, right? We've all had a boss who maybe even we like as a person, but we just don't agree with the way that they're handling a work situation. We feel like if we were in their position, we'd do that thing differently. That could be the same thing for J.J. Piccoli. It could be the same thing for this Royals organization. Uh, but I do want to give the Royals credit for firing him because I thought that the Royals would kick the can down the road and, and maybe only even fire Cal and like maybe keep Matheny, maybe keep Dayton Moore. Uh, but instead, they cleaned it all out. They fired Dayton Moore. They fired Mike Matheny. They fired Cal Eldridge. And now is the time to start to judge Sherman as an owner. I think that everything that happened before this in Sherman's owner ten, you know, tenure, uh, tenure uh, should not count against him, should not um, reflect on him. But now he's truly making the calls. And he, he talked a big game about wanting to win and being sick and tired of losing and being at the bottom of the standings and being at the bottom of the draft, you know, top of the draft, however you want to look at it. Um, now it's time to go put your money where your mouth is. Now it's time to go and start to win. And the winning won't come overnight, but I think that you can envision the winning happening um, to a lesser degree this year, right? You might you might not make the playoffs this year, uh, but you also shouldn't lose 100 games this year, even close to it. You know, this upcoming year, you should be five or seven games out of a playoff spot. You should be, for most of the summer, two or three games out of a playoff spot. That's the first goal. The first goal is just relevant competitiveness to the point where you played so well that nationally people are talking about, hey, you know, you had a few pieces of this spunky little Royals team with Bobby Witt and MJ Melendez and all these guys. They can make a run. They can be a dark horse candidate to make a run in the next few years. So that's the first step. You've got to put this organization, if you're Sherman, on a pathway to competency. Because in my entire life, they've only been competent for two years. When we talked about how fluky that was. They've only, you know, that, that's, that's the only time they've been respectable. Every other year, they've been terrible. They've been terrible. Sure, you can say 2013, they weren't terrible. Sure, you can say 2016, they weren't terrible. They've been terrible. They've been terrible. Can Sherman go back to his Cleveland roots where he started at and make this thing a long-term competitive organization? He might not win a World Series. That's very hard to do. 
in fact, you just reflect upon those Royals weren't runs. How many teams were better than the Royals on paper? How many teams were better than the Royals, quote unquote, but the Royals beat them? It's the Johnny Gomes speech. Didn't have the MVP. Didn't have the Cy Young winner. Didn't have all these guys, rookie of the year. They beat them. They beat them all. Because baseball, when it gets down to it, is a fluky sport that's hard to have a playoff format for. That's fair. Because it's meant to play over 162 games and, and, and kind of try to take that fluke out of it as best, best you can. Whenever you condense it to seven games, condense it to five games, condense it to three games, it gets you know flukier and flukier each step of the way. So, to me, the goal is to win a World Series. That's clear. But the goal is to make it to where you have a playoff team that you can truly believe on opening day can make the playoffs each and every year, especially with this new expanded postseason. That should be the goal for what the Royals want to do. How do you reach that goal? Well, you got to hire a manager, got to hire a pitching coach, and we got to see where this team goes from there. But I do want to tell you right now that you should also see uh, the fun things that are over there at betonline.ag. You go to sportsbook at betonline.net. And whenever you go to betonline.net, you go to the sportsbook. You can bet on football, the Broncos and Jaguars. The Broncos are two-and-a-half-point dogs in London against the Jaguars. You go to baseball and either bet on the World Series, which the Phillies are the underdogs tonight, a one-and-a-half run underdog. But you can also bet on prop bets uh, from that game, like who will be the first uh, player to hit a home run, who will win the um, who will win the MVP award for the for the uh, World Series. You can also bet on things like this. Listen to this funny bet. If Aaron Judge does not return to the Yankees, bet on his next team. So the Giants right now are plus 150. The Dodgers are plus 350. The Mets are plus, plus 350. The Astros are plus 750. The Rangers are plus 850. And the Red Sox are all the way down at plus 1,000. That's interesting to me if you want to get into the game of betting on where Aaron Judge will be if not in New York with the Yankees. So check all that fun stuff out at betonline.net. We are back on the Lockdown Royals podcast, on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your teams every day. I'm your host, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. Follow the show on Twitter at Lockdown Royals. Email the show, LockdownRoyals at gmail.com. On today's show, we want to thank you for making us your first listen every single morning. Every single day, we're here for you, talking Royals baseball. For your second listen, check out the Lockdown Sports Today podcast. For the games that matter the most with the biggest storylines on sports, go beyond the box score and behind the scenes with local experts insight on the Locked On uh, podcast network that only we can provide you. So check it out today. Locked On Sports, available on this app you're listening to right now, on YouTube or wherever else you get your podcast from. So go check it out today. That's a Locked On Sports Today, hosted by Peter Bukowski. Really great show. Uh, really, really awesome um, addition to the network. Go check it out today and support it. Locked On Sports Today. So we talked about them firing Dayton Moore. Firing Mike Matheny... I think is a great thing. And I think that it is, you know, I think that it was beyond time to fire Mike Matheny. I I think that he wasn't as, I I don't know how to, how to 
kind of put this into perspective. I don't think that he was as terrible as what he could have been, but of course he wasn't good as a manager. I just don't think that he is built for managing a young team and relating to young players. And I don't think he's built for the modern, the modern era of, of baseball. So that's kind of where I'm at with Matheny. I thought, I thought, I thought that it was time uh, for Cal Eldridge. Obviously he sucks. I mean, Cal Eldridge is the worst pitching coach in the, in the league. He's out of there. You've invested 50 first round picks on starting pitchers and they all suck. That at some point has to rest on your GM and your pitching coach and they're both fired. So now you get those talented first round pick prospect pitchers and you give them a new pitching coach that can maybe tweak some things or unlock some different things with them and go over the film, go over the numbers, go over the finger placement and everything else that goes along with pitching and unlock something from them to where maybe you now have three pitchers who would take a quantum leap this year and make your team incredible that you're just not expecting at this very moment in time before Thanksgiving. But they have to hire a manager. And the betonline.net odds have Carlos Beltran at the favorite at four uh, at four to one. It has Joe Espada at five to one, Clayton McCullum at seven to one, George Lombard at seven to one as well. Uh, I I don't think that they will hire a guy that you've heard of, right? I think that it won't be Joe Madden who's twenty to one. I think it won't be Joe Girardi who's eighteen to one. Razi Guillen, who's eleven to one, especially. I think that they'll hire somebody, hopefully from the Guardians or the Rays organization, uh, that you, unless you're just a crazy diehard fan, you've never really heard his name before, or unless you know, of course, he's a former player, and then you go, oh wow, I didn't know who's coaching. Stuff like that. It, it will not be a a juicy name like a like a retread of Joe Madden. It just won't be a retread. Uh, it, it will be, um, it'll be somebody completely different or completely new. And that's what they should do. That's how they should handle it. To me, they should begin to operate as I've said for, for three years now, they should begin to operate as the Rays do. And as the guardians do, they should be cutthroat. They should be a team that is trying to right. They should be a team that is trying to win in the margins because you can't go sign star free agents. It's tough to go trade for them because you can't really afford to just diminish your farm system. They have to win in the margins and find the advantage for guys that are overlooked or through development or through just getting everyone to click at the exact same time. And and, and to do that, you need one of those managers. You need one of those old bench coaches uh, from Cleveland that is, is just this brainiac that eventually gets a shot and then turns into a great manager. That's kind of what you need. So that's what I'm hoping for anyway. I, I think that with this organization, there is enough young talent to convince someone to join the to join the, the organization to join the the fold 
I, I think that you you will see someone eventually jump at this opportunity to, to be the manager of the Royals, to be uh, the pitching coach of the Royals, because you'll have a longer leash because you're not expected to win like right now. Like I, I feel like, for example, whoever the White Sox hire, they are expected to win right now. Like you're supposed to fix what they view Tony Larusa broke. Like like that team has playoff ready, win now ready players on it. And that team could be a World Series team if they manage properly, if their players have a bounce back year. So you will be viewed under a microscope way harder uh, with the White Sox than with the Royals. But that also, on the flip side of that, the Royals have the young players that I think that any confident, any swaggering, up-and-coming wannabe manager looks at and says, oh, I can get the best out of Brady Singer. I can get the best out of Daniel Lynch. I can get the best out of Bobby Witt Jr. I can get the best out of Jackson Coar. I can get the best out of Benjamin Lindez. And then whenever I get the best out of those guys, then all of a sudden we turn into a really good team and I'll get the credit for it. I'll get the praise for it. I think that that challenge of wanting to to get your fingerprints on it and make and 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 help those guys reach their best i think that that is where you will see the advantage for the royals in this hiring process come about let me know what you think on twitter at rylanderscorestyles at lockdownroyals and on email lockdownroyals at gmail.com because we're going to be here for you talking Royals baseball five days a week. What was your reaction? I'm interested in this. So drop it down below in the YouTube comment section down below. Drop it down below uh, on Twitter, email, whatever. I'm interested in this. What was your reaction when the Royals fired all three of them? Because I figured they'd fire at least one of them, obviously. And I thought that they'd fire Eldridge and then maybe Matheny. But whenever you got the news that they fired all three of Moore, Eldridge, and Matheny, was it just pure excitement? Was it a was it a, a, a move, a trifecta move where you thought, wow, the Royals deserve credit for this? Or was it a move where you thought, I'm not going to celebrate this. This is what they should have done. This is what they should have been doing all along. What was just your initial reaction to the news that it's a clean slate and now this is truly the beginning of the Sherman era as as owner. And what was your thoughts about his press conference where he was talking about how he's sick of losing and, and sick of, of picking at the top of the draft? Because that's all great, but to, but to declare that so boldly, to not have egg on your face, you're going to have to have a mighty win improvement this year. And again, not not the playoffs. Like if they get to the playoffs, that's awesome, and, and and that should be the goal. You know, shoot for the moon, hit the stars. The playoffs is not necessarily boom or bust this year. But if you're going to declare that kind of stuff, that you're sick of losing 100 games, you're sick of being at the top of the draft, you're sick of being a terrible franchise, then you at least have to be competitive. You at least have to. You at least have to be, you know, five or six games out of the playoffs. You have to be right there where you can convince yourself at the end of the day, if the ball bounces differently. If this guy doesn't get hurt in May, then the Royals are in the playoffs. 
So let me know what you think down below on YouTube. Subscribe for free across all podcasting platforms, including on YouTube. And until Monday, be good and be good to one another.